What's up, guys? John Sintes, Let's Win a Ball Game podcast with my bestie, Alex Rojas, now my strength, fellow baseball enthusiast slash psychopath slash Jedi. Um, Want to first of all uh, let everybody know this podcast will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to this. This really helps us to get out. Also, if you find a clip of this and you like it, put it out on social media. Tag us. We, you know, we're always looking for entrepreneurs that are interested in helping this podcast grow. So, if you know someone that is a podcaster that that is interested in possibly helping us do some stuff, let us know. Finally. Um, please go on the website, and if you're interested, uh, grab some gear from us. Um, we have Cutter Nation gear. We have Rojas has some Namas gear. He, I'm not going to let him speak about some things. I, I don't want to leak any information that I'm not supposed to. But, um, you know, we really appreciate doing this. This is a lot of fun. Um, this idea came from our almost every morning phone calls and checking in on what we like to see on the interwebs. So, Everybody that's watching, a big fan of Alex Rohan. So, um, John and I have both been talking about ways that we can get other companies going, kind of like what you talked about with podcasters. Recently, if you guys go to my Instagram page, I have a 10% discount code for Lefty Swag Bats. Uh, if you're not familiar with Lefty Swag Bats, they're just a um, simple hand-eye coordination tool with an overload underload concept uh it's i mean it's got to be bigger than a wiffle ball bat i'm not entirely sure i get mine on friday right i get my set of three and they're going to go right into our high school class we're gonna they say 100 swing break in i'm gonna get that thing broken in in one hour i'll have it in the hands of just so many guys that are just going to be hacking away so with that being said if you guys go to my Instagram and check out that 10% off code, use that. I'm going to make a video about it. We're going to see how hard you can hit with these things. Uh, we're going to put these things to the limits. Uh, outside of that, I've been doing a lot of research on um, also uh, plyo balls. If, you're a, if you know a good plyo ball company, all right, hit me up. And I have some conversations that I'd like to have with you guys about plyo balls. Anyways, for hitting, for hitting, not throwing. I can't hear you. Can't hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Just kidding. Uh, uh, I have. A Is it right or silverback? Okay. No. Just because. Uh, I mean, these have been good. They've lasted almost two years, pretty consistent but uh, you need more and uh, these were good but I think we need to go to another company the main thing that's the issue with these silverback balls is that uh, honestly guys get them confused because the 11 and the 9 ounce look exactly alike the color is like it's like they were just clicking on the color wheel and they were just like white light gray dark gray black can't hate on it it's cheap but um, <laughs> I want to get right into it. Uh, if you guys go check out my story, I posted some stuff about Barry Bonds and how great Barry Bonds was, as well as I think, uh, no, I didn't post any of the other stuff. That'll be, uh, that'll be a post in a couple of days. I got to write that and think about that one. Um, Barry Bonds was such a monster. And one of the things that I talked to John about with uh, Joey Votto 
not that they're the same player because they're not, but Joey Votto is really, really good. And he is also a savant when it comes to baseball hitting. One of the things that he talked about was uh, trying to hit more home runs, but less fly ball outs and how much of a controversy or a contradiction that is. Because ideally, if you're trying to hit the ball over the fence, you're going to hit the ball in the air, right? Unless you understand that I have to think about it as like a gamble, like understand when you're going to double down and understand when you're just going to, you know, fold your cards here. Like this isn't the the bet that I want to go hard on, right? And that's the idea of hitting at a high level is understanding when do I go yard here and when do I just need to square a ball up? When do I need to get on top of the baseball? When do I need to try to get under it? Um, like the other day I was talking to a high school kid about what you talk about with guys hitting the cutter, like a right-handed hitter and how they almost like step down the line and they just hit it just fair of the foul line or the right field line. And like, that's a part of hitting. Like, don't be this mm -hmm. robot that tries to take this perfect swing every time. Like be an athlete, adjust, move your body. Cause mm -hmm. this was the other, oh, cause I want Thank you me. to start after I say this next Joey Votto piece. He said in a recent interview, I don't know if this was last year or two years ago, but he said, these guys that are coming up now are so much more athletic and that allows them to spin the ball so much faster that it's harder to hit now from a competitive standpoint than it has been in a long time. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? I agree. Yeah, I, well, well, it's okay. So there's a couple things going on. Um, number one, we haven't been measuring spin rate for very long, so it's hard to even tell. You know, um, I know there's so many pitcher, hitters that talk about Nolan Ryan's ride or Steven Strasburg's ride or Chapman's ride, and you know, really, what we're saying is high spin rate with that. So it's been told to me before that lower spin rate is a heavier ball. Um, I don't necessarily know if the physics would show that because the faster something would be moving through the air and the more it would be rotating, yes, it would be fighting gravity, but the force in the direction that it's moving would be heavier because it's moving more. So I don't know. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to measure that. I'm not smart enough to measure it. I'm just a little. Yeah. I know a little bit of high school physics. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, dude. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting, um, concept to it, right? Like, um, just the fact that we haven't been doing it, it's hard to even say, you know, cause there's spin rate, there's extension, there's deception, there's distance of movement. There's a lot of different things that make a pitch a pitch. Um, and, and so kind of, I could you could say they are training more athletically to move faster to throw faster in theory if you throw faster it should spin more but that's not always the case so um i think that the element of surprise is also an underdeveloped factor too because if you think one thing's happening and another thing happens then that delayed decision process is almost as valuable as a high spin rate or a faster pitch so do you think that focusing on being an athlete is important to throw hard, but not necessarily important to spin the ball a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess you could, you know, if, uh, you know, if I were to break down what athleticism or strength would do to a pitcher, the more athletic you could, you are, and the more athletic you train, the faster and athletically you can move inside your pitching motion. So that definitely would be beneficial, but that's still not talking about the hand and spinning the ball and release. You would still have to translate practice into, you know, long toss, pull downs, max effort pens, live at bats, you know, locating different pitches, being comfortable with, you know, throwing any pitch at any point at any time. You know, those things are extremely important to the process, in my opinion. So I don't know. I'd have to – I'd really have to see – what happens with the Absolutely. whole thing. You know what I mean? I think that that's a, um, a hidden concept that we don't really talk about, but like it's a, it's a thing that guys don't understand because they're not linking ideas together of like, well, hold on. These guys are trying to improve their spin rate. They understand the axis of their spin, so they kind of have an understanding of like what their ball should look like. So that actually gives a hitter a better idea of what they're looking for because it gives you a better concept of, like, this is the shape where, like, here's one thing that I just didn't have growing up. So it's a quality curveball machine. Dude, you can do so much with a quality curveball machine, even though you know it's coming. Just being able to just yeah. hit just loads and loads of curveballs. On a side note, our little Vatia experiment, I figured out how to throw curveballs with the little mini golf balls. Bro. Wicked. Throw little wipeout curveballs to these seven and eight year olds. They don't see it coming. Oh, dude. They're like swinging all over. It's actually, Never it's see actually it works really well. Like, I think that learning how to hit a curveball isn't the most, or a curveball, a slider, a splitter. Things that break needs to be your number one priority once you hit the age of like 12. Like, if you can't hit stuff that moves, by the time you're 18, good luck playing college. Like, by the time you're 12, you need to be hitting stuff that moves a lot. Like, whether it's a breaking ball, it doesn't mean hit it every day, but, like, you need to be hitting curveballs. You need to be hitting sliders. you got to be facing live at-bats. There is a local team that does live at-bats at our facility, and they've got a couple of kids that are 13, and they're hitting the ball well into the mid-'80s. And... They do live at-bats all the time, so they're constantly seeing pitches, and it's, like, weird that these kids hit the ball really hard, and they also see live pitches really often. So it, it just goes with what you and I talked about on the phone the other day of, like, uh, what if I said something you disagreed with it with. Your, your retort was what I'm going to bring up, which is oh, yeah. forgot what I said. But then you said, I disagree. Oh, I said, I don't have. I, I, yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I, I got remember. it. So you at you our got facility, it? we had a, uh, a group of guys that had a, a piss poor bullpen performance as a unit. Out of 100 pitches, they threw 15 strikes. So if you can do the math, that is 15% strikes. It's not going to cut it. And. I told John, I was like, we would struggle to have live at-bats with that kind of strike percentage. If you're throwing 15 out of 100 strikes, like, my hitters are going to go up there. Why do they even need a bat in their hand? And John was like, well, no, that doesn't necessarily mean that that shouldn't be happening because pitchers would get better with a hitter in there instead of just throwing to a target. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So 
that's going to be our next adventure here. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we spar enough, you know, and and a bullpen and sparring are not the same thing, and bullpens are boring. I, I, I would, if I'm going to throw as hard as I can and throw a bullpen, you know, I've gotten to the point now where all I want to do is face guys. So, what's the point? What's the difference in me? throwing a bullpen and having a guy in there. There's no difference to me throwing the baseball over the plate to hit a spot. So it is definitely a better move to be comfortable in the fire way more often. And I we just don't see that. We don't see it all the time. So in sparring, like let's say uh, you know you're going to face a certain guy. Like this guy does this pattern of movement to set another thing up, right? Let's say you know a team tries to swing a certain way or they try to hit a certain way. Let's say you're doing the live at-bats. Would you say you should throw to hitters that are on your team in a way that you would throw to hitters that are on another team, like a scouting report, like a scouting team? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that would be smart, right? You're going to go face – uh, a right-handed cutter curveball guy, you should probably go face yeah. a right-handed cutter curveball guy. You know, and I, and I know right now, I, I've heard the Padres doing this, and I've seen this, and, you know, now they're having the, you know, the engine lift with the crank so they can move it to the height and the spot of where the ball is going to come out from the guy. So they can, he can, they can see, the batters can see where that ball comes from to that particular spot, right? The hard part about that is, like, what the Rays do, where, the Rays literally have that, you know, the Indian um, God, I don't remember what it is, but right, but like arms going in each one, right? They literally have that clock in their bullpen. They have a guy from every slot, which makes sense, right? And so if you're trying to mess with hitters' timing and, and location, then you're going to start a dude over here, and then you're going to bring a guy from over here, and then you're going to bring a guy from over here, and then you're going to bring a guy from up here, and then you're going to bring a guy from over here. And you're just going to keep making it difficult on the hitters to get comfortable, you know? Now, that's their model. You know, they have their starting pitcher only go through the, the lineup. That's true. Oh, we lost you. Oh, yeah. To them, if it takes three innings, one inning, five innings, you're going to go through the lineup twice. And so – you have 18 yeah. batters to get as deep as you can into the game. But, I mean, at the same time, with that model, they've probably realized training their hitters, like, hey, this is a great way to challenge hitters by using this model. It's probably hard being a player in that organization. Number one, you're not getting paid. Um, yeah. Oh. I'm going to give this guy a shout-out. He doesn't really need it. But for those who haven't seen Foolish Baseball, he had a great How to Fix Baseball video. And um, one of them was a salary cap and a salary floor. And it just made me think, I was like, man, do you know what the Tampa Bay Rays, the Oakland A's could do with $100 million, right? And he said, what if MLB had a cap of or a floor of 140 right? And just like every owner, this is what you had to spend, right? You had you got to spend 140, but mm -hmm. you keep these concepts. Like, who could the Rays get, right? Even, I know you're playing in Tampa. Guess what? Tom Brady came to Tampa, 
right? A lot of good people have come here before, mm -hmm. right? Tampa Bay Lightning, great hockey team. I'm not a Tampa Bay's fan, right? But those concepts and like like Dodgers baseball is based around what the Rays figured out like 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, it's not like they're running a different playbook. It's just they got more money so they can pull it off in a better facet. So it looks more impressive on paper right. to where it's like, wow, the Dodgers are great. It's like they're running the same playbook. They just have better players. Totally agree. But that's also why, you know, the same thing, like they're not executing at the end because, like, it still comes down to the NCAA basketball. Like, whoever's hot. Like, it doesn't – nobody – like, you just have to qualify for the race. You don't have to win the race, you know? And then it's interesting, too, because they, they run so many different sets of bullpen guys that they can't decide on who's supposed to do what, and, you know, and then their players are, are what they are. So it's like, you know. That's the, uh, that's the missing equation to, I think, a lot of – because we're here to talk about baseball development and winning baseball games. Like, one of the things that I've talked about – two guys with going back to talking about hitting and stuff like that is understanding like you play this team sport, but like sometimes like I've been running perfect game rules, right? I've been running bases loaded one out to just start games. Right. And it's like, Hey, we're going to play until somebody, you know, either walks it off or you can't score. It's just one inning baseball. And after you start to play this, guys start to arrange a lineup because they understand how things might go. And, like, the teams that have structure, they tend to mm -hmm. win versus the teams that are, like, kind of wishy-washing. They kind of put somewhere wherever because I'll play these games for, you know, 40 minutes. It's just kind of like what you said. Like, mm -hmm. you can try to think, like, oh, this guy hits the ball the hardest, but it just kind of goes back down to, like, sometimes a guy gets hot. And it's like, this guy shouldn't be this good, but guess what? He's just having a day. He's just he's having a day. Guy's just, guy's just having a day. Like, can't, like, can't really do a lot of that. The day I was watching these kids hit, and I was feeding them out of the machine, and we were playing a, just a, a bases-loaded situation. And this kid that I just didn't expect absolutely cranked a bases-clearing triple to like put the game within like one run and i was like this guy has no business doing that like absolutely no business doing that and he just he almost tied the game up i think they ended up losing but then another game this bro great kobe bryant quote that's got me all fired up recently your practices should be more competitive than your games so that competing is second nature when you get to the game because it's so relaxed and i like that there's that emphasis Good. Don't you remember when he fought? Should, should tweet. Do you that. remember when he fought Pau Gasol in practice? Remember that? It's just yeah, yeah. I just watched the Redeem team the other night. It got me all fired up too. Yeah, you. bro, we were equally this, fired this up. Team come back like from a five nothing deficit with two outs and they scored six runs. And I was like, that's that's some of the best I've, I've ever seen you guys ever like do this. And a big part of it was like. A couple guys got hot, and then it just kind of sparked it because you get the right guy up. Because every team, you try to, like, 
here's a little inside baseball from the coach's perspective. When you make teams, you do try to stack teams with like one or two guys because you're like, this team over here is loaded. Like I got to make sure this, this is even. Mm -hmm. Those guys only get to hit one time. The other two guys got a hit, right? So right. you can't put it all. It's like Barry Bonds. He hits four home runs, and he gets walked 13 times in a World Series, right? Like, yeah, he does damage, but he only gets a ninth of the at-bats for his team. The other guy's got to get hot. You know what I mean? The other guy's got to get hot. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. It's definitely – you see it, you know, tennis is kind of like that you know, where you got these top tennis players in the world. And, you know, McEnroe talks about, you know, when he went on his run, it was just like, you know, I, I feel the same way. I mean, one of my best seasons, I went 48 innings, didn't give up a run. Like that's, I was I was very – I, I wasn't quite a, aware of it until I think like inning like 35 or 40, somewhere around there. And I remember being like, because hm, I just like didn't focus on the stats, but I knew my ERA was zero because no one scored. So I was just like, okay, well, having having a good don't really don't really need to look at the stats because I'm just racking up saves, you know. So before we get out of here, I just wanna I just wanna close with you guys need to check out Mr. Jonathan Sintes over here. Throw to Eric Sin, the JUCO Bandit. Everyone talks about the JUCO Bandit. He's probably the Probably the most famous, next to Trevor Bauer, YouTube baseball person. I can probably say that comfortably. Yeah. Um, go watch and throw, man, because I want you guys to watch the spin rate. Like, think about how you would try to hit that. And uh, don't forget, use my Lefty Swag Bats discount code after that. Yeah, shout out Lefty Swag Bats. We just met those guys, too. So we'll probably yeah, have a coupon can. code, too. That would be great. All right, dude. Thanks, man. It was great. I'm glad we knocked it out. So we gotta, we'll, we'll do this again. Thanks, guys. Like, subscribe, follow, DM us if you have any questions. Um, yeah, Pat, share it with your friends if you like a good baseball chat. We will, we're coming up on baseball season, so I'm sure we will definitely get into some more fun highlights and such. College baseball first. So college are then we have high school baseball. The uh, spring and what are we doing? It's January, guys. Like the spring starts in no. March. If January not, like let's figure it out. You know? Yeah, that's what is happening. Cheers. <laughs> anyway, you. all right, buddy.